If you're ready to blast through, defy the odds, and be the 1%, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to The 1% Life with Johnny Dillon, where you will learn how to master your mind, elevate your sales, and live The 1% Life. What's going on, rock stars? Welcome back to another episode of The 1% Life. I'm your host, peak performance coach and trainer, Joni Dillon, and today you are in for such a special treat. I have an incredible guest today, and the moment I heard her tell her story and share her wisdom, I knew I had to share it with you all. She is a master life coach, a manifesting expert, a motivational empowerment speaker, and the best-selling author of the book, Hustle, Believe, Receive, an eight-step plan to changing your life and living your dream. Welcome to the show, Miss Sarah Centrella. Ah, thank you, girl. It's so great to be on the show. Thanks so much for having me. We are so excited to have you here. I was just, you know, telling you earlier, the moment I heard you, I was like, I need to get her on my podcast. <laughs> my audience will love Sarah, just the story and what you have built from where you were. I'm so, I'm so glad and I'm just so grateful to connect with you and your audience and I love meeting other boss chicks who are out there creating yes. their own path. So this is going to be really fun. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, absolutely. And so here's, here's where we have to start. And it's so empowering to hear your story. So could you talk to me about, talk to us about the moment that it all began? That it all fell apart. Let's talk about the now, the day the world imploded. <laughs> I know. Let's just it get really it all is. out there. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you know, I I think everybody kind of has a moment that's transformative in their life, whether it's good or bad. Um, hopefully, yours and your audience is good. Um, my moment is without a doubt, um, you know, at, I'm going to take you back about nine years, uh, nine years ago. And at that point I was a stay at home mom. Um, I had three little kids, I had twins, identical twin girls that were, um, just had just turned a year old. And then my son was five and I was married to my high school sweetheart. We'd been together since we were, you know, 16 years old and married for eight years and, I was making our favorite spaghetti dinner um, one day and listening to Oprah in the background. And I just had, um, you know, I was waiting for my husband to come home. Um, and he came in and went right into the shower, which was a little bit odd because, you know, he normally took some time to be with the kids or whatever. But I didn't think anything of it. But earlier in the afternoon when I was folding laundry, I had been watching um, the Oprah show back when she had her, you know, regular show on mm -hmm. and they had been talking about how to tell if your spouse was cheating. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, you know, I watched her religiously. She, she is my guru. Um, but I watched her religiously every, you know, every afternoon. And when that topic came on, I was like, Oh, I don't have to worry about this. So I can go, you know, into the other room and, do what else I need to do. Um, but as I come back in, there was one thing that they were talking about. It was like up on the screen. And it's like, if you can't find their phone or if they're hiding their phone, um, something might be up. But I was like, you know, that never happens. Our phones always charge side by side. Like I was not a jealous person. Like I said, we've been together for 16 years. So never in my wildest, remotest dreams did I ever think anything, but it was crazy. Like as he was in the shower, I had this just instantaneous flash throughout my body that 
was supernatural almost. It was just crazy. It was like the instant that I had the thought, like, where's his phone? I also had just blood, like ice cold, hot. You know what I mean? Like any woman who's ever been in, yes, where you've been, it's almost like a fight or flight response. It's just the craziest thing. I was like, oh my God, where is it? And it wasn't where it normally was. And I just remember like panicking, running through the house. And Mm -hmm. um, I wound up finding it (laughs) in the clothes he was about to put on um, in the shower. And I opened it up and there was a text message um, that said, I can't wait till you're all mine, finally free and no more sharing. And it was just, wow. It literally was like you see in the movies where the ghost like floats above the body and the body does things that the ghost doesn't, you know, right now. Yeah. It was just insane. It was like, and also the second that I did finally find it, I knew exactly what I'd find. I knew exactly, you know what I mean? It's just, we have this intuition and I just turned cold, like completely like blood cold in my veins. It was just crazy. And I walked into the shower and I turned the water off and said, get the fuck out of my house and don't ever come back. And he literally pulled his clothes on, still soaking wet, soaked up from the shower. Right. Um, walked out through our wedding rings oh at me. And that was the end of our marriage. And the end of everything I ever thought I had figured out, you know, everything. Cause when you go through something like that, like every plan you've ever made is gone, gone. in an instant, everything, you know, Without like Without any time to even think about nothing. I'm like, when I tell people, you know, my marriage ended in six minutes. <laughs> like, no, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. How do you even comprehend that? It's just so massive. Yeah. Wow. And so that was the moment. That everything was for me. Yeah. You know, and I always say that throughout our life, everybody's going to face a moment of some type of variation. That's, that's dramatic in probably not a good way. Just, you know, that's just how life is. Right. right. Um, and when we get there, we, have a choice. And I don't think I knew this at all before this happened to me. I knew nothing about self-help. I'd never read a self-help book before. Really? Oprah was the only, the only, thing <laughs> the only guidance I had. In my life. Right. Um, so so I, I had no idea. Moment. What do you do? It was the perfect shit storm because at the time he, um, you know, I had been home for a year, well, almost two at that point, but no one was getting a job, highest unemployment rate ever. Um, and I hadn't worked in two years and, you know, you think of that, but then you also think like, I can't work because daycare for three kids is twice what a mortgage costs. So no matter what job I get, I'm barely going to even cover daycare. So I just remember like laying on the floor that night and I had just been crying all day, obviously. And, you know, like my cheeks like stuck to the hardwood floor and, and I just kept on thinking like, how do you do it? Like the idea would come in, okay, get a job. And the idea would also come in. You can't because you can't cover daycare. And then it's like, you know, it's like on and on and on. And no matter what I was proposing, it was like, you can't, there's no way, you know? And I just remember just feeling so helpless and so trapped and just looking at it. Like, and at the time I didn't have $5 to my name. Like you're kidding. I didn't have a bank account in my name. The car wasn't in my name. You know, we'd been together since we were 16. Right. <laughs> was, right. You wouldn't and, have thought that you needed anything yeah, else. Yeah. So it was, it was literally just, I just remember running through all these scenarios 
and every one of them seemed to dead end. And I just sat there going, how does a human being do this? I didn't know. I didn't have any friends who were divorced. Most of my friends were just starting to get married. I didn't know anyone who had been divorced. There was no social media back then. I truly felt like I was the only human being who had ever been through. Only one who's ever gone through. Ever, you know, and looking back now that seems silly, but if you think of our lives 10 years ago and we didn't have access to all the things, we had blogs and podcasts and all the things that tell us we're not alone. It was really devastating, but I do remember in that moment realizing, and this had to have been some other force besides me, that I had a choice. And that to me is just really important. I think we always have a choice in every situation. And in that moment, I knew I had a choice. I could disintegrate and fall apart and, you know, turn to all the horrible things that people turn to in circumstances like that. Or I could get up and figure it out. And to me, you know, there was no other option. I was a mom. I had three kids I had to take care of. I would figure it out. And I'm just really, really grateful that that awareness was there long before I knew anything about awareness or any of this stuff. Because wisdom is there. Yeah, because it it really saved me. And it gave me also just a tiny little seed or a spark of hope that thought, if I can figure this out and if I can do this, then I can create anything I want. And I don't have to live the same life over and over again. Wow. You know, it basically represented a clean slate you know and that obviously was like a point zero percent of (laughs) in in what was going on but just that point zero percent was enough for me to start to feed that hope over time and grow it into something that has changed my life wow it's it's what you're saying to me that little that's standing out so much is that literally there was like a spark like when you're lighting a fire yes. right like there's like you light the match and like that little spark that that spark is all that it took for you to realize that I have an option I can stay here be devastated miserable and you know right. whatever else comes fall apart out, yeah fall apart or I can rise and get up. up and figure it up. I can yeah. rise up. Yeah. And, and really when you look at the fact that you had your three children is the, the first, the former, like, is that even an option? Yeah. And, and for me, I mean, thank God it wasn't, it wasn't even a thought, you know, I'm like, I got to figure this out. Yeah, I don't know how, but I've got to figure it out. Um, and so what I, happened next? Yeah. You know, so I just remember like that week or so that afterwards everything was such a blur, but immediately I was like, I got, I got to do something right. You know, I couldn't stay in the same house that we were in because I had no income. Our rent was already late. All of our utilities were already late. So it was like literally that week I'm on Craigslist selling everything I own, you know, selling wedding gifts, selling, right. you know, the table we had just got the year before all of that, like yeah, sold that everything point, we owned. means nothing, right? Yep. Literally so sold everything that we own. Cause I didn't have any money. So, um, you know, the money that I raised was just enough to get an apartment with. And I got really lucky because no one wanted to give me an apartment because I had no job, mm-hmm. just filed bankruptcy. You know, like I just remember going to complex after complex after complex and literally crying. I'd bring in my twins in their car seats and I would just start sobbing. I'm like, but I need a house, you know? Right. And, and I think like, thank God, you know, I, I got enough and I got one person to give me a break. And, and that's the one thing I want to say is that no matter what you're going through, when you're going through it, it feels like the end of the world. And it does feel like there is no way out. But if 
there's always also going to be a small seed of hope that's there. There's going to be a contradicting voice in the back of your head. And I would say that 99% of the time we shut that voice up. We argue with it. We're like, no, but there is no way. The voice that's trying to help us. Yes. Yeah. So your voice is like, no, it's going to be okay. And you're like, how is it going to be okay? And you give it like 99 reasons why it's not. And then finally it's like, fine, bitch. Yeah. You know, do your own thing. (laughs) You know, so it, it wasn't anything magical in me. I think every single one of us have it. We just have to stop fighting it all the time and stop arguing with it all the time. And so thank God I allowed it to kind of grow in me. And then once I really realized that, you know, and I got on my feet and I got that first apartment and a month or two later, I got my first job. And as each of these little kind of things started coming, yeah, started coming together, even though they weren't great. And I was still, you know, I was on food stamps and I was barely, barely making it. It all represented hope to me. And it represented to me that I was making progress. Yeah. Making progress and in the right direction. And celebrating every tiniest tiniest win because it was the only thing positive and that's that's a big thing too I think a lot of people focus so much on what's wrong in their life or losing the life they used to have or whatever the case is that they're not noticing those small wins that are reinforcing like I it's like the universe sending signs like I see you yeah I got you yeah you know and I clung to them I still do did you know to do that then, or was it just something that, that you feel like you were guided to do? Was it a conscious awareness that everything that I win right now is, I'm going to intentionally cling on to that? And, and, or was it just like, sort of an not at all, not at all. Cause I think, um, like I said, I, I'd never read a self-help book before this. <laughs> like I had no idea any of the things that I know now. Yeah. The tool. No, you know? I had no tools. I had no you know, I had like watched the secret one time and the movie and I just remember being really pissed off. I was like, this is BS. This makes sense. You know? So like, that was my, that was the only thing that I had ever um, exposed myself to. So other than Oprah's little voice in the back of my head, um, I really didn't, but I think, you know, the universe or God or whatever label we want to put on it is always there to guide us. And truly, if we listen to that and we listen to what we know to be true, and act on it rather than constantly arguing with it, we will lead ourselves in the right direction. And the more I started kind of doing that and getting a little bit of confidence, a little bit of confidence and started seeing, Oh, when I work hard, I get results. And Oh, when I say something positive, it happens. And Oh, when I stop telling myself I'm fat and ugly, I start to look better, (laughs) you know, like, and, and I just started putting two and two together. Like literally that's it. It's all, common sense. It's not rocket science. It is common sense. And, and the thing that I think I was blessed to do was to, to start noticing it. You know what I mean? I did start noticing it and started saying, well, wait, how did, how did I do that? that Why is that different? Right. Yeah. Got it. And so you were noticing these pieces of your life that were like manifesting in beautiful ways. And you're like, well, what, what is it that I, what do? I do to make it happen? What did I do to make it happen? <laughs> yeah. Right. And if I made that happen, what else can I do? Exactly. Because up to that point, you know, I had always had a very different mindset. I'd, I come from a very poor family, very tough upbringing. So I'd always had the mindset of, I have to hustle to just survive. Nothing good happens to me. I'm so unlucky, all this stuff. So to come from this other mindset or try to create this other mindset where 
no, I can do whatever I set my mind to. That was so foreign to me. You know what I mean? It's such a drastic change. But I think I had the presence of mind to realize that everything I had done prior in my life hadn't worked really well for me. <laughs> so there's this beautiful thing about hitting rock bottom is like you don't give a fuck anymore right you know what I mean you're just like what's the whatever scenario oh I'm I'm in it (laughs) yeah exactly like you don't have pride anymore you don't care what people think about you anymore you don't care if they talk about behind your back like you're just like I'm surviving and if you're not helping me survive I'm not listening to anything you say like I don't care and so that gives you the opportunity to start to focus on what you want and what you think and start to develop that and create it. And that's, that's really, so really good. I, I love it. I love it. So talk to me. So you got your first job. There's, there's some income coming in at this point and where, like, how do you blossom into the Sarah Centrella of today? Like what <laughs> happened from then until now. Yeah, it's been a journey, let me tell you. Um, and at that point, I was I was in corporate sales. So your audience can probably relate to this. Yeah. I know um, you, you work a lot in sales. We know it's, it can be a tough road, right? Yeah, entrepreneurs, <laughs> sales people. Yeah, day one of the month. Yes. Right? You're in yeah, you're in zero. You're starting all over again. The winds of last month don't count. So I um, I was starting as an like account executive executive or whatever. So, you know, cold calling is really all my job was and trying to sell over the phone. And (laughs) yeah. And so I had remembered that one of the Oprah shows I'd seen, you know, they had a vision board and, um, and I had made one when I was married, but I was really embarrassed about it. So I'd hidden it. And I was like, I I wonder if I still had that. And shockingly enough, like it had survived the sell off. (laughs) And I, I found it up in, you know, like under my bed and I was like, you know what, screw that. I'm going to bring that to my cube. Um, and it's kind of embarrassing to put your dreams right, on right. a board and, and have people look at them. Everybody and judge you, the judgment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially like coworkers, not even friends, <laughs> but I was like, I don't care. And if I have to stare off into space in this tiny cube all day long, I want to look at a pretty picture. That was literally all exactly. I thought about. Like, I didn't know anything about manifesting. I didn't know if it worked. I honestly didn't care if it worked. Right. But I thought these pictures are better to look at than a boring. I want to feel good in my yes. cubicle right now. By and I was like, they make me happy, and I need every teeny speck of happiness I can get. And so I really credit that with saving my life because I transferred the energy that I would have been putting into how much my life sucked at that point, and the poor me's and all that into fantasizing about a world that did not exist. Wow. And it took about 18 months for that world to show up in my life and one by one start coming to life. It was insane. So powerful. So you were creating a life that you could only imagine after what you had been through based on a vision board that was surrounding you in your everyday environment that you really were just kind of like, all right, this is pretty. This makes me feel good looking at it. And things started to change for you. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, that is the key. And I think the key was because I was surrounded by it all the time. And because I allowed my imagine, I didn't shut it down. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times we'll, we want to dream, but at the same time, we listen to that voice. It's like, that's silly. That's stupid. We can't afford it. Blah, blah, blah. How are we going to make it happen? And I didn't have any of that because I knew I couldn't afford it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like there wasn't a question. I was like, this is sheer fantasy, like straight up fantasy. So I was like, because it's fantasy, you can't tell me what I can and can't fantasize about. So guess what? I'm on a beach drinking a, you know, Mai Tai and my kids are surfing <laughs> or, you know, like I'm on a gondola in Venice mm-hmm. or I'm showing my daughter where the gladiators were in Rome or whatever. And so the whole time I was just creating these insane movies around each picture that were living, breathing things. And it was crazy. The more I did it, the more it was totally subconscious, you know, I'd be having a conversation, but in my mind I was like on that beach or whatever. And, and I had enough pictures that it just entertained me. (laughs) all day and and I really didn't expect it to work honestly like if anything I was in the beginning probably trying to prove that the whole idea was bs because I was like please you can't no one can imagine something having come to life (laughs) but the more the beauty about this and what I coach my clients is the more that you surround yourself with your dreams think about them visualize them imagine living in that life start talking about them the more they don't sound crazy anymore that's just the fact it's just facts i don't know how it happens i'm not a brain scientist but over time your resistance is gone yeah the resistance falls away and and i think god i love what you're saying right now it's just getting lighting me up because i talk a lot about identity right and how initially your identity was linked to something very different. That I couldn't control. Yeah. It was as a wife. It was, yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden by you, you were literally reprogramming your subconscious mind into believing that you could. Right. Right. And it's crazy because I think, you know, once I realized that everything I had planned was now gone, you know, like I wasn't a wife anymore. I, you know, I wasn't going to grow old with this person. Whatever. Your identity was gone. Yeah. Yeah. So you attached to who you were, Sarah scrapped. Yeah, yeah. Gone. Exactly. Completely scrapped. And so for me, you know, as I'm sitting there doing a tough job of sales, one that needs and requires motivation and positivity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise you're never going to make it. Right. I really was like, I don't know who I am now because never in five seconds of my life before this, did I ever picture a different life. I never thought I was going to be a single mom. I never imagined being able to vacation because that wasn't in our cards. You know what I mean? So like, since now I had no clue what my future was supposed to be or look like, I was like, why can't it be whatever? <laughs> and so literally like when I did that board, I was like, well, what do I want to be? And at that point I, you know, the only path I thought there was, was, was corporate. So I was like, okay, I want to be a boss chick. I want to wear a suit. I want to, you know, that. have the nice title. I want to, drive the nice car. I want to be successful. And because I'm successful, I can vacation with my kids. And so I built this board that was a fictional woman (laughs) Mm -hmm. living a fictional life. I knew what she looked like. I knew what kind of workout she did. I knew what she ate. You know what I mean? And, and that is how I became her. It is so powerful. You created her out of thin air. Out of thin air. (laughs) No idea. Just that spark of what if. Yep. And And we all have it. We all have a blank slate. I mean, no matter where you are in your life, no matter if you're married or, you know, whatever, doesn't matter what phase you are in your life. Tomorrow is a blank slate. So you can look at your life. What happened yesterday. We cannot five years ago. 
Exactly. You can look at your life at any point tomorrow and say, I want something totally different. What would I look like if I was this kind of woman living in this kind of life? And, and that's the thing that I think we, we don't know. We're not told that, you know what I mean? And I'm just, I'm so grateful that now I can teach people that (laughs) I can, you know, I can blow their walls away and say, I get that that's what you always know, but what if, what if that's not reality? What if that's just the story you told yourself? Right. So why don't you tell yourself a whole new story so that that could be a reality? So beautiful. Talk to me about a couple things that you have manifested in your life. Yeah. So the very first, um, one that was just too blatant to ignore, um, was right in the middle of my board. I had, um, a picture of Times Square, um, and on it, I had kind of like written above it. I was like, New York city, baby. (laughs) And, um, and so this goes back about 18 months to the events I'm talking about that I had put this picture on the board. Right. And so I've been working, um, I'd got a new job and a little bit better title and, um, been at this new company for about three months and I was really starting to like get my groove. You know what I mean? I was like, it had been a, 18 months since he had left. So I was like, okay, the divorce is done. I'm starting to, you know, feel myself a little bit, getting fit, feeling better, whatever. Um, and I was working my butt off because I knew that the opportunity was there, you know? And so I remember my boss um, one day called me into his office and he's like, you know, I see that you're working way harder than you need to be. And I don't really know what the situation was, you know, is at home? Cause I didn't tell anybody what I've been through or most people didn't even know I was a single mom at that point. Um, but you, you know, he's like, I see your work ethic and I want to promote you and I want you to, you know, launch this new division and here's what we're going to do. And, oh, by the way, we need to go to New York in a couple of days. And so you need to get your like affairs in order or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> <No> here, <problem. laughs> yeah, like figure that out. <laughs> and, um, you know, here's the itinerary and whatever. And I just remember like walking back to my desk and just being like, oh my God, I was so excited and overwhelmed and terrified and all of that at the same time. And mainly just like stressed about how I was going to make that work with kids and all that. And in that moment, I like the point of my eye caught that picture. And I was like, I just stopped and like had total body chills. And I was looking at the itinerary in my hand going, wait, I'm going to New York. Like I had envisioned myself being in Times Square a billion times. And it was, it was really that moment that I was like, wait, are these two things connected? And if they are, how? <laughs> and if they are, how do I make it happen over and over right. again? How do I keep, keep this going? Yeah. And then it's, then I started to realize like, and mind you, at that point, even with the promotion, I was still like barely scraping by. <laughs> like I was not, it was not a comfortable existence financially at all. Um, but the ne- yeah, of your dream. Happen. Exactly. And the next week I find myself in New York city. I'm literally standing in Times Square, you know, walking down uh, Broadway and I look up and I just stopped and was like, holy I'm shit, bro. <laughs> like you're, you're here. Not only was I there, but I was there on like a corporate annex, you know, and, and in my real life, I was barely, right. And so that's when I was started to realize, okay, I can start living the life I want long before mm. I can afford it. And that to me was, that rocked my world. Yes. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I can live these dreams before I can afford them? How? And then it just kept happening and just miraculous, miraculous, huge things have manifested in my life. Um, over the last eight or nine years that I would have never 
drained. You know, I, I got back yesterday from two weeks in London, <laughs> in London, <laughs> in London, Ireland. Ireland and Scotland with my three kids. So, incredible. and there wasn't a day of that. It makes me want to cry. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Cause there wasn't a day of that. Yeah. I'm going, Oh my God. <laughs> like where she came from, where she, to where she right. is today. I know. I just knew you were just such a proud mama, just like with your beautiful children, so young yet experiencing yeah. things that most adults will never experience because you created the vision you created as you call it the movie in your head which I want you to talk about because I think it's so powerful and you are living it and to live it and and that's the thing it's like when you get an opportunity to live it it should make you want to cry (laughs) you know like it should bring up so much emotion in you it shows you how powerful you are because it's just like oh my god you know how in the world did I take an idea (laughs) a thought Mm-hmm. and turn it into an Instagram story. Right. Like how? I'm not rich. I'm not, you know, like how? Oh. <laughs> right. And and so that's the type of life that I've been able to live over the last eight or nine years. And it has not all been easy. We've gone through just sure. amazing hardships since too. Right. But I've used the tools that I teach in the book every day oh my goodness and just seeing like you've you've coached some of the most some most successful high performers in the world right you've attracted I believe that everything is attracted you manifested to you and some of whom have right really big role in your life oh absolutely absolutely and and you bring up such a good point because I think people always ask me kind of like what was a catalyst to your change or you know how did you start kind of figuring this stuff out and a huge, huge component of that was I first cut out the people I knew were negative in my life. Mm. You know, I was trying to survive and I knew that if people were questioning how I was doing it or unsupportive or whatever, I just, right. I was too fragile. I could not handle it. And so I made a tough decision. I literally, it was me and my kids for like four years. There was no one else in my life. Mode, yeah. yeah. And then, but it was the best thing I ever did. And then when I started to, um, you know, build a circle, if you will, it was only the people that I wanted to be like, Mm, you know what I mean? It was the people that I respected and the people who were living a life that I creating. Yeah. And, and not just from a materialistic standpoint or because they were successful, but because like I connected with why they wanted that, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. one of my first early mentors was that boss, um, who, you know, who had initially given me a break, if you will. Um, and I remember so vividly when I was interviewing with him and I gone through this extensive grueling interview process, interview after interview after interview. And finally, on our last interview, he's sitting across from me, um, you know, at the boardroom and he just looks at me and he was like, where are you going to be? If I bring you on, why should I bring you on? Like, where do you want to be in three years? You know, that same kind of question. And I just looked at him just dead in the eye. I said, I'm going to be your national vice president of sales oh, in two years. I love it. And yeah. that wound up being the title that he had promoted me to. And it, would, it had been like four months. Um, but I remember in that moment, that was the first moment I ever really applied one of the eight steps that I teach, which is say it. And, you know, when you say a dream out loud, especially for the first time, <laughs> right. you it know what I'm talking about. If you've done it, like your whole body is like, holy shit, yeah. what did I just do? <laughs> but then you're like, oh my God, now how do I back it up? 
And that is the, the, that combination of, you know, I was sitting in a cube covered with my dreams and then I was telling people these big things I was going to do. I wasn't about to not do them. And so I knew that there had to be hustle in there. Yeah, let's do, so I this is the work HBR, it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Oh my goodness, I'm loving where we're at right now. Okay, hold on. So first of all, can I back you up for just yes. <laughs> <laughs> You said something really powerful and there's there's mixed talk out there about what you should do with your goals mm-hmm. and dreams, right? And so you said you started talking about it. You started telling other people about this. Did that help you? Absolutely. Because and especially back then, you know, when I had a very small crew, I didn't have, you know, like best friends, I was confiding all my stuff in or whatever. Um, so at first I was kind of just putting it on my blog. Um, you know, I'd put a little thing out there, like a little dream and then be like, okay, I have to back it up. And if I'm sitting across, you know, from my CEO and making a bold statement like that, I walk out of that room going, Oh my God, now you got to figure out how to do that. How to make it. You know what I mean? And I, it, Thank so you God. were taking the action because yes. putting it out there. Yes. Thank God. I was never the type of person like, oh, I'm going to go do this and then, you know, not do that. And so, you know, when I left, so the minute that I got that job, I knew that that was hanging over my head, right? right. <laughs> you don't make a statement like that and then get hired and then just like show up to work and yeah, you whatever. Like you grind every day. And so um, that has been a big, big part of you know, continued growth in my life is that when I have a dream or a goal or whatever, um, I'm not out there just spewing it or whatever, but when the moment is right or when, you know, I'm writing and it feels like the moment that I need to just write about it and put on my blog or put on Facebook or something like that, when it's out there, Mm -hmm. I know what that does for me. And I know that I will never push myself to the place I need to be pushed until it's out there. And that's a big thing. Oh my goodness. So until you can say it to somebody, you're never going to be it. Period. So huge. You have to have the balls to be able to say it at whatever point, because once you do, that's going to give you that extra added boost that you'd been lacking before to actually make it happen. Because right. then you got to, you got to close that gap, right? Here's you can't make bold Here's statements and not do it. I'm saying I want to do this. I've put it out there to the world, to the universe, like to everybody around me now. And am I going to just not? What will I look like then? So what's the first step, right? So let that be your own challenge. Challenge yourself. So you mentioned the word hustle. Talk to me. Yes. That's my word. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I love it. That is my word. Um, And, you know, my book's called Hustle, Believe, Receive. um, Because for me, when I had first kind of heard that saying, ask, believe, receive, it was one of those things that I I thought, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. You can't just go around in life and ask Ask for what you, yeah, it like (laughs) doesn't work that way. And I still, you know, I don't believe that it works that way. I believe that no matter what you want, you have to put the work into it because for, if for no other reason, you're never going to be good at it Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless you put the work into it. Like never. The only way you ever get good enough to truly succeed at anything, whether it's running or crocheting or whatever Right. Sales. Is by doing <laughs> yes. it and doing it over and over and over and over again and doing it Z way and X way and Y way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is the only way. And so what, you know, whatever has come into my life, whether it was my corporate career, which, you know, I wound up being a director and a vice president of sales and just last year was able to walk away from that and start my own company and, you know, do this full time, which was a, a big dream 
in the making for a long time and it's been terrifying, (laughs) but you know, whatever it is that you're doing, there's only one way to get what you want and that's to work for it. And that's what I was so drawn to when I interviewed people for my book. Um, And there's, you know, pro athletes in there. There's moms who started their business in their garage. There's all kinds of people in there. I wanted to get spectrum. Yeah. It's it's definitely a must read for anyone who yeah. wants to create the life of your dreams. And to just know the truth behind it, the real story. Like this is what real people I do. Start where they are now. Yeah. This is what they did. If I want to be a fashion designer, this is how I started fashion design, you know. And there was and you're so right, there was such a common thread. And it was hustle in every Yes, every story. single one. And didn't their hustle just blow your mind? You're like, oh man, I don't know if I'd have that in me. <laughs> Well, and the one that I was listening to just this morning about the woman who lost a hundred and Mia, who lost yeah, yeah. 170 pounds in, I think it was in right. like six months. Yeah. What? She was like incredible. Dying. Yeah. She was dying. <sighs> she was dying until she put in the hustle. That's, that's, I mean, that's a perfect example. Like you can't dream yourself thin yeah. from, from literally nearly having all of her organs fail. She was so obese to, you know, being healthy. That does not happen without hustle. None of those stories happen without hustle. That's a level of belief that it's even possible. And the only way you get that level of belief, because no one has it in the beginning. Let me just dispel that rumor right off the bat. No one has it in the beginning. (laughs) So the only way you get it is by repetition, by repeating the work and then proving to yourself that the work is giving you results. Mm. And that is what keeps you going because, you know, there's going to be days where you're going to want to quit, where you're going to be like, it would be easier to sit down on the couch and eat bonbons. I'm busting my ass and I've lost two pounds. It doesn't make sense. Right. But you can go back to the work you've put in before and recognize that you had results then. So what does that mean? You know, it's a method. It's a recipe. It's rinse and repeat. If it worked once, it'll work again. If it worked once, it'll work again. So honestly, like for me, when I was both writing that and when I'm coaching people, I just want to make it simple because I think people try to make self-help so complex and so higher minded and it's not, it's very simple. It's common sense. It's, it's literally everything that I think we're wired to do naturally, but we just talk ourselves out of all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. God, it's so powerful. Oh my goodness. I love it. So there's, there's eight steps to your yes. the HBR method, the hustle, believe, receive method. What are you willing to share with us? <laughs> yeah. So you and I were talking a little bit before we, uh, we started our conversations today and the eight steps really came about because I, you know, people had been messaging me and following my blog for a lot of years and we're constantly saying, well, how are you doing this? Like I've tried the law of attraction. It doesn't work. Or I've done a vision board and my vision board doesn't come to life. Oh my God, I'm, you know? <laughs> I'm a testimony to, I had a vision board and it didn't work. Yes. Yes. So yeah. I, yeah. I, and I, I had all so these like to come across you because I feel like I failed at my vision. Right. Board. <laughs> it's like so but it's so, it's so great because like, I figured it out. I feel like I cracked the code. Like now I know, yes. know what it takes, you know what I mean? And I know like what makes them different than mm-hmm. whatever is out there. Um, and so the eight steps really support everything I do with vision boards. Vision boards come in at step five okay. and that step is called see it. Yes. Um, and that's about surrounding yourself with your dreams in a visual way. So you can actually see them. 
Um, and so that step kind of walks you through how to make a physical vision board. I take it far beyond that. I have a new book coming out um, next year. It's called Manifesting Gangsta. And it's just about. (laughs) When I heard that name, I was like, oh my goodness. I I hope she owns that. (laughs) (laughs) My son was like, oh my God, mom, no. I was like, oh yes, (laughs) but I did. (laughs) But no, it's. And so for me now, a vision board is like a great um, starting point almost for my dream. Like it's kind of my centering place to, to okay. be able to quickly visually see what my future is going to look like. And you're reading the book, so you know that I actually don't like calling them vision boards. I call them future boards, future boards because yeah. to me, when I look at that board, it just shows me what my future is going to look like. Plain and simple. Like my board predicts my future. Mm-hmm. It has for eight years. Mm-hmm. And you know, 40 or 50 manifestations later, I can promise you that the one I'm looking at now is predicting the next three to five years. Oh <laughs> like God. It's crazy. And it isn't just for me. It's for everyone who I've coached or who has read the book and followed the method. Like it works just simply it, it works. So one of the things that makes it work so well is the fact that it is a holistic view of a future life. So remember back in the beginning when I said like I created this woman And I knew what kind of work she was doing. I knew what she looked like. I knew what, you know, exercises she liked to do. I knew what car she wanted to drive. I knew what house. I knew what vacations. I knew what kind of mom she wanted to be. And all those pictures represented that complete life. Mm. So the difference between my boards and every other board out there is that there wasn't anything materialistic for the sake of being materialistic on that board. Yeah, I love that. And that's huge. Yes, there's a house on there. Yes, there was a Range Rover on there. Yes. Yes, there was, you know, a beautiful vacation and maybe a yacht or whatever. None of those things were there because I'm like, oh, I have to buy a yacht or else I'm not going to be happy. It was showing me in the future when you are successful or the reason why you're working this hard is to be successful, whatever. This is the type of life that is the result of that. So this is why you'd want to work hard. Right. The range you know is the byproduct of the life. Yeah. Yeah. So like if I'm a successful woman, oh, I'm not going to be driving a Datsun. Yeah, like it just no. makes sense. Right. So, but on the converse, like if I'm just randomly throwing up a picture of a Maserati right. and I'm on food stamps, yeah. how does that make sense? Yeah. So my boards are very different. They're, <clears throat> they're complete pre-planned. I make all my clients write out their, their five-year plan before they find the pictures. So it's a complete holistic life. It's literally like allowing you to look into the future. Right. Because you have to have clarity yep. to know what you want to manifest, right? And I exactly. think that's where a lot of people get stuck is, what is it that I want? Because all we can see is kind of what's in our immediate face. Totally. And we stop dreaming, right, of yep. what's possible. And so getting clear on, okay, I know it sounds freaking crazy. Right. What if it could happen? What would I want my life to look like? Exactly. And that is, that's step one to, to dream it. And that is, I would say the hardest step for almost every client I have, because for me, I was kind of a natural born dreamer. Dreaming was yeah. never a problem for me. And that's me too. Yeah. yeah. And there's some people who are just wired that way. But until I learned these steps, I was never an executor. I had no idea how to close the gap between a dream and whatever. So I had never finished anything in my entire life before I learned this method, you know, which probably frustrating for my ex-husband. So, you know, and it's key, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Meditate yourself into a beautiful life. Like exactly to take the action. 
Exactly. But I think for so many people, they don't know what they want. And that's a huge, huge, huge thing. And so I love working through the exercises that are actually in the book and the ones I walk my clients through too, of breaking down all of your walls. I love just blowing their world up. I mean, like, you know, they're like, yeah, I would like to take a cruise. I'm like, where? Right. Oh, Alaska. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to be on a, you know, a yacht in the South of France? <laughs> I never thought of that. They never exactly. Thought. Oh, this is so cool. You know, to blow up your world, blow up your world. Yeah, they're helping them create the vision they never even believed was possible because of often small-minded thinking. Of yeah, or just you know the the world that we are grown up in, or the people we know, or whatever. Like they haven't you know, done it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. How dare you can I be the first? That, right? Why not be the first? Oh my goodness, I love it. Very cool. And so, so step one was dream it. Yes. Yes. And then step two, I think is probably the most critical for me, especially I rely on it all the time and the most instantly life-changing for most people that I work with. And it's think it. Um, And it actually teaches you in very, very simple and I'm a simple-minded person, so it's simple (laughs) ways how to change your thoughts. Everyone says, just do it. Everyone says, think positive. I was like, maybe I'm stupid, but I don't know how to do that. (laughs) And so this is like ground zero of what you do when you have a negative thought. We have negative thoughts. How do you turn it? Exactly. Yep. How do you resist persists, right? Exactly. Yeah, very cool. I love that. So step two, think it. And step three? Step three is say it. So we were talking a little bit about that earlier, about, you know, the first time you kind of like say your dreams out loud and and not just that part of say it, but also you better not be speaking any negativity into your life. Mm. Negativity also comes in the form of bitching. Complaining, bitching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Which if you're bitching. Is, people bond with right? people. People all want to celebrate when someone's going through struggle and strife. Like, let's bitch about it. Let's complain. Exactly. And let me tell you, it is the most toxic thing you can do in your life. Like mm, so powerful. Just like I tell my kids, if you don't have anything nice, they don't say it because literally your words are predicting what's going to happen next month. They're predicting what's going to happen next year in five years. So, oh, so if you're saying, I don't have enough money and I'm so stressed out, then next month you're going to not have enough money. and You're going to be so stressed out next year. You're not going to have enough money. And you're going to be so stressed out. Like literally knock it off. So good. Like, knock it off. So then what do you, what do you change that to? You, you, yeah. So that's the key, right? That's the other key. You have to have the yin and the yang. Right. So you have to have something that is powerful enough Mm. to not just stop that thought, but then to actually be true enough so that your brain will latch onto it. You know what I mean? And not immediately kick it out. Reject it. Yes. Because the bitching or complaining or whatever has probably been there for let's be honest, years, right. <laughs> you know, maybe your whole life. Programmed. Yeah. yeah. So your okay. brain is comfortable with it. It knows it. It knows what triggers it, all of that. So to try and reprogram all of it, there's three simple ways that I teach people to do. So the, the very first one, um, oh, yeah, I call it, you're share. yeah, yeah. I call it the power of pause. Mm. Um, and this one is awesome. If you, um, you know, have money issues, worries or whatever. That's a common one that I think a lot of people can relate to or whatever stresses you out, right? These negative thoughts that stress you out. So my kind of rule of thumb is if you can't fix it in the moment you're having the thought, you need to put it in a box. You need to literally just press pause. 
love it. Because you need to see that thought as acid and it is eating away everything positive that you're trying to build, right? So if you're sitting here trying to feed yourself with all this positivity, trying to tell yourself you can do it, and then this thought comes in and it's like, no, you can't, we're never going to make it. If you entertain that thought, even for a second, it's going to eat away all the good like acid and you, you can't risk that, right? Right. Like you can't risk that. So I literally will like put it in this box that says, okay, tomorrow at nine o'clock, an actual box or like a little box in my mind where I'm like, yes, tomorrow at 9am or whatever, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to solve this problem. Let's say it's a money issue, right? So if you're stressing out about paying the bills, stressing out about it all day long is not going to pay your bills. No, nope. <laughs> it's just going to eat acid into all the good you're doing. So you can sit down and say, okay, well, Monday mornings at nine o'clock is when I do the budget. That's when I figure this out. I sit down with a pen and paper with all my bills. I just delve in, <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. most of us don't want to do that because whenever we have a, a thought like that or a stress like that, we don't want to face it. We don't want to have to try and like look at all the bills together or whatever. You know what I mean? So instead we just allow that thought to creep in all day, every day, causing us stress, causing us anxiety. Yes, yes. Yeah. So when it comes in, you're like, Nope, Sunday at nine. And then the key is to instantly trick your brain into something new to think about. Mm. And that's where those pictures on my walls saved me was because, you know, a thought would come in like, Oh my God, like I can't pay the rent. And then I would look at the picture and I'd be like, oh, but I'm on a beach. I'm yeah, who cares about my tie, you know? So yeah. you have to trick your brain. You have to shift your focus from what you currently don't like about your life or your circumstances into the result you want. So if that's all you leave this conversation with, yeah. that's enough. If you can just switch your thoughts from what you don't like to the results you want, you will change your life. So good. Your subconscious mind does not know the difference between fact and fiction, right? Exactly. And that's a proven fact. That is a scientifically proven fact. So all you have to do is start replacing all these negative things that are so used to running amok in our brain with this new story of the life we want and the future rather than the present and the past. And you start creating a new future. But if you're focusing on the present and the past all day long, how the hell do you expect to come up with a new life? Right, exactly. You're, you're just living Groundhog Day. Yeah. What do they say? Somebody who's like 50 years old, have you, are you living your, a new year or are you living the same year 50 times, right? Exactly. And yeah. I think that's what so many of us do is that we just keep, oh, it's a new year. I'm going to change this, that, and the other. Um, well, are we? Yeah. Thoughts? Are we with our actions? Are we with all of that? No. So this is a beautiful way to change all of that and to actually create, you know how they say, create your best year ever. Yeah. And why not create then your best life ever? Absolutely. Just stop focusing about today. Stop worrying about today. Stop thinking about today. Stop anything and put that focus and attention on where you're going so that you can get there. Mm, So good. Love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you all <laughs> I day and I'm so excited. So can I talk about real quickly your event? Yes, please oh, do. So I'm so excited. Um, I promise to get this podcast up within like the next day. Thank hours, you. <laughs> not today. And, and so here's what's so exciting. So you have an event. Tell me what the name of it is. Yes. So um, this is my second annual uh, Empowered Ladies Dinner. 
Um, and it really next time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's coming. Um, it's coming up on May 25th. uh, So a week from Friday, I cannot believe it's going to be right here. I know it's so Uh, exciting. I had no idea it's next week. I'm going. I know. I know. I can't wait. I get to meet you. Um, yeah, so I, the event really came from, um, and I might, I'm probably gonna get myself a little hot water here, so I'm not trying to offend <laughs> anyone. But about a year ago, I went to um, a motivational event by the number one leading motivational speaker out there, um, and yeah. I was just so disappointed. I, I just, I can't even begin to say how disappointed I was at the event. I just thought it was um, a joke for lack of, right. <laughs> you know, and and I just thought, really, is this the only thing that's out there? Like, it can't be. It can't be. Like, people are paying all this money. And they're just being ripped off and they're being, you know, sold everything under the sun that they don't ever need that has nothing to do with anything. And I just felt dirty. I felt like I needed to go home and take a shower. And it was just, it was awful. And I remember, and I was still working, you know, my corporate job at the time. And I remember coming back and just thinking, well, if there needs to be something totally different, then why aren't you doing it? And then I remember like going home and like Googling you know, all the motivational speakers. And I was like, where's the women? Right. <laughs> like literally so I couldn't crazy. find any. I was like, there's none. Like what the hell? And then I was like, you know, surprisingly that I didn't know all this before, but I didn't. And I was like, okay, so all the motivational people in this industry are like men. 50 to 70 year old white men. Sorry guys. But yeah, yeah. yeah. like 50 to 70 year old white men, like who have been Come doing on. it for 20 to 30, like 30. And they're saying the exact same thing that they were saying 30 or 40 years ago. I know. I yeah. Know delivering it the exact same way. And so I was just like, okay, no, this, this doesn't work for me. So last year was my first one. And the, the kind of inspiration behind it was I wanted to create an evening that whether you had ever read anything self-help or knew anything about it or whatever, you would still want to come with your girlfriend. It was the type of event that, you know, you have a great four course dinner with delicious food. You're having good cocktails. You're having a glass of wine. Oh, you're there in my head. <laughs> right. Movie in my mind. Yeah. Yes. You're, you know, you're meeting other like boss chicks who are out there like actually making shit happen yeah. in life. Yeah. You know, um, it's not self-help guru fest at all. There's none of that. It's literally just real chicks who are building their businesses, who are doing whatever it was that they were wanting to do dream to do um and we're learning from each other and that was the big thing i was like i'm tired of you know these 10 men in the industry telling us women what same epiphany i'm like yeah i was like this is crazy oh my goodness so that's what it is yeah for celebrating women and creating there's yeah we're gonna make our vision boards i'm gonna Uh, gonna teach how to make my vision boards um and i'm super excited we actually have um the host of Bravo's new show, um, which is to Rome for love. And she's a love expert. Um, she's a best-selling author. And so she's going to be there and, and she represents my dream that I want, you know, I eventually would love to have a show. So she's representing like that next level for me. And there's other women who are representing the next level, you know, so we're all kind of there in variations, um, of our dream. There's small business owners there. I have a, you know, a corporate boss chick who's, like I'm in awe of what she's accomplished. So I really wanted to kind of represent different women in different phases of making whatever dreams they have happen. And then I want them to tell you, I want them to share their tips and their wisdom. And yeah. 
So it's yeah. self-help for real chicks. For real chicks, for power <laughs> chicks, boss chicks. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. So how can they find out more about this event and how can they connect more with you, Sarah? Because when I heard you last, I was on buying your book. That I was like adding you on Instagram. Like I want Yay. everything to do with Sarah. I bought your event ticket. Like I love it. Out. Like, <laughs> you know, when you find somebody that you rest yes. and then I'm like, hey, I want you to be on my podcast. No. And I was like, heck yes. I'm telling you because it's, it's one of those things that like, until this mind opening experience of last year going to this event, I really was in my own little box. You know what I mean? I was in my own little cubicle. I didn't realize that, um, the state of kind of where the industry is at a whole, I didn't realize there was such a huge lack of women. And, and then I realized it's time for me to step up, you know, like if I have a platform, I want to connect women. I want to, you know, help us literally help each other. And so that's what I'm so excited about for this. I'm super excited to meet you and I'm very glad you did reach out. So you guys can learn everything about my book, um, who's in it, my coaching online courses, all that kind of good stuff. Um, at Sarah with an H, uh, Centrella, C-E-N-T-R-E-L-L-A.com. Perfect. And so the event information's there. They can purchase. Yes. Right there on the homepage. uh, They'll show the link to the event and the book and everything. Yeah. And then Instagram. Yes. All of it. Sarah Centrella. I keep it nice and easy. (laughs) Nice and easy. I get it. I love it. Sarah, it has been such a pleasure having you. So fun, girl. Teaching people how to elevate their mind, how to create a life that most can only dream of creating. And I hope that people really listen to this episode and and know that it is possible. It is absolutely possible. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter if it feels like the world is caving in on you right now and you can't give it away. We say give it away because people can't sell at that moment. Like whatever it's happening to you right now, know that you can, you can absolutely change that. And um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It was such an amazing, amazing conversation. I cannot wait to meet you next Friday. It's coming (laughs) in like a few days. I can't wait. I love it. Thanks again, Sarah. And um, everybody connect with Sarah. Get her book, Hustle, Believe, Receive. And you will absolutely love it. And get the audio too. Get all of it. (laughs) And and for those of you who want to go to the event, I will be there. So it would be great to meet you too. If you want to come fly over, it's, it's a week away, but it's certainly possible that you can make it happen. All right, Sarah, until next time. Yes. All right, everyone. Thank you, girl. If you enjoyed today's episode of The 1% Life, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And make sure to share it with your friends. We'll catch you next time.